0: This is the Seven Hills Church Podcast, where you'll hear incredible teaching from our very own Pastor Marcus Meekham. If you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts to get brand new episodes waiting for you every week. You can also download our free smartphone app to see even more exclusive content and to get connected with the life of Seven Hills. Let's get right to the message, and thanks again for being with us. You know, this Sunday is uh, Palm Sunday and I don't know about you, but when I think about Palm Sunday, I always think about Hosanna. Hosanna means victory now. You know, sometimes I think we just need to declare Hosanna over the areas that maybe we feel like we're failing, maybe over the areas where we feel like we're not succeeding. We declare Hosanna, God. Right now we declare Hosanna over our economy. We declare Hosanna over our families. Right now we declare Hosanna, God. Hosanna in the highest. We declare Hosanna victory over our health, victory over our country, victory over the coronavirus, God. We thank you for Hosanna in the highest. We declare Hosanna, God, over our bodies. Hosanna, God, over everything that's happening, over our circumstances. We declare Hosanna over our fear. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for Hosanna. Come on, wherever you're at, just say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, church, I'm so glad to be with you tonight. Uh, I am obviously not Pastor Marcus. Um, but, uh, but we're gonna be really brief tonight. My name's Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and, uh, and, and I'm really excited about the word that God, I feel like, has given me tonight. Tonight I'm just gonna share a very quick thought, and then after that thought, I'm gonna pray, uh, and I'm gonna spend some time praying. We're gonna have a little bit of worship at the end here, and uh, just a couple quick updates of some of the amazing things that are happening uh, at the church, and really, it's, it's because of you. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a time where I've been more proud to be a part of this church, and uh, uh, pretty pretty amazing. We've had over four thousand one hundred and forty go packs that have been distributed thus far, which is just crazy. Uh, today alone, uh, this week we've we've already. Uh, packed another 2,000 GoPacks, uh, 2,100 medical gowns, 1,000 safety goggles, and f- check this out, 15,000 pairs of gloves have gone to local hospitals, uh, over 250 hand sanitizers delivered to truck drivers and healthcare workers, uh, over 150 hand sanitizers and care needs sent to the Boone County Sheriff's Office. And so just really uh, amazing, all the outreach and the efforts that really you've put forth. in this time of need. Um, Of course, small groups are still happening. So if you're not in a small group, it's not too late to sign up for a small group. Of course, we're doing it virtually, um, but they have been amazing. Uh, Phone calls, we've been on the phones uh, really for the last couple weeks now, and uh, we've been able to contact uh, about 3,800 unique families. Uh, And so when you actually talk about a family, you know, there's more than just usually one person per family, you're talking about almost 10,000 people that we've been able to reach, which is just astounding. And really the goal behind the calls is just to call, check in on our people and see how we can pray for you, how we can be there for you and give you hope uh, in this time of need. Uh, weekend services have been amazing. Uh, we're, uh, the weekend service times are still the same as what we've done these last couple weeks, but um, watch out. We're adding a service time Sunday night. We're adding a Sunday 9.30 p.m. Uh, and so a lot of you got little babies. I got little babies. So that 7:30 time is a little. Kids get a little crazy at that time. So uh, so so now you've got the 9:30 option. Hopefully the kids are in bed at that point, and then you can uh, you can watch service at 9:30. And then of course, uh, uh, if you have any kind of prayer needs, I would encourage you text seven pray to three one nine nine six, and uh, somebody will contact you within ten minutes uh, just to simply pray with you. Well, hey church, if you have your Bible, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter six, verse 25. I'm just going to talk very quickly. And then, uh, and then I want to pray with you tonight really is just kind of a, a prayer service. You know, it's, um, I will mean, share a thought and then, uh, and then we're just going to spend some time praying, praying for you personally, praying for our country, um, and everything that's going on right now. Uh, Honestly, church, I've been so amazed at um, even Pastor Marcus's leadership. Of course, I've always thought he's been, in my opinion, the greatest leader I've ever met. Um, but even during this time, you know, he's he's done what he what he does best. He adapts. He casts vision, and that's honestly what um, what the team and I have been exposed to. is just He's full of vision. I've never been more excited for Easter services. And so you're gonna have more information to come uh, this weekend about Easter. Um, but man, pastor's just done so good leading us. The team feels more connected, honestly, and more unified than we've ever been. And, uh, and I, I know, and I attribute that definitely uh, to him. And so, uh, so hey, if you, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter six. Verse 25, there are really just two statements that God made in scripture that I feel like are very relevant right now for what we're going through. And these two statements I wanna give you and then I'm gonna pray these two statements over your life. Uh, The first statement, if you're taking notes, do not worry. Do not worry. Do, somebody needs to shout it. Do not worry. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 he says therefore i tell you do not worry about your life. The Greek word that he uses here for life means your whole life. It's it's an all-encompassing word. It means your mental life, it means your physical life, your emotional life, your spiritual life. It means your yesterday life, it means your today life, your future life. Jesus says don't worry about anything. What you will Eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. See, right off the bat, Jesus goes to the heart of what worry is all about. Worry is all about later. It's worry is about the future, right? What you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Now he chooses these three things: what you will eat, what you will drink, what you wear, because these were the primary concerns of the people, his audience, of the people in the first century. Now, these are obviously not our primary concerns in America in the 21st century. Our primary concerns are are really toilet paper. We just just want, we need TP. Some of y'all are crazy. Okay, I've seen you at Costco and you're just, you've got like 40 things of toilet paper. It's like, hey, come on, man, I need some too. But the point is, is that Jesus shows us that worry is all about the future. What's going to happen with the economy? Will I will I get the virus? Or someone I love, will they get the virus? Will, will will I lose my job? Will I ever get my job back? Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry. See, maybe you didn't know this, but see, worry always stems from a lie. Worry is always birthed from a lie. This is so important. This is so, so important. There is a difference between facts and truth. There is a difference between facts and truth. See, where most of your worry stems from is that you've heard a seemingly factual statement and guess what? You start to worry about the future now because of the seemingly factual statement. Let me give an example. Almost 5,000 people have died from COVID-19. What do we start doing? Oh man, I I wonder if I'm gonna get it. I wonder if someone that I love is gonna get it. I wonder if I'm gonna die. Here we take a seemingly a factual statement and then what does it do? We start to think about the future. We start to worry about ourselves, about the, our loved ones. That's why it's so important that you know there's a difference between a fact and a truth. A truth and a fact are not always identical. Truth and facts are not always synonymous. They're not always equivalent. Okay, what, Kyle, what are you talking about? Let me show you. See, oftentimes Jesus would come across these demons and these demons would a lot of times just shout things at him. In Luke chapter four, verse 41, one of the demons said, you are the son of God. Another time, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you, you are the holy one of God. Now, are all of these questions, are all these statements, are these facts? Yeah, we, we, you know, of course, Jesus is the son of God. He is Jesus of Nazareth, the holy one of God. But here's what's interesting is that after these demons would, would make these factual statements, factual statements, Jesus would a lot of times rebuke them and even silence them. So why, why was Jesus so quick to silence these demons after they would make what we would both agree a factual, accurate statement about him? Because Jesus knew that there is no truth in the devil. According to John chapter eight, verse 44, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language because he is the father of lies. So what do we do with these factual statements from these demons? Or what do we do with these factual statements that we hear from the media? Or what do we do with these factual statements that we maybe hear from the doctors? Do we ignore them? No. No but be careful because facts do not equate truth. Facts are essential in the quest for truth, but they're not synonymous. See, lawyers present facts on both cases, on both sides, but it's up to the judge or to the jury to hopefully arrive at the truth. Truth is what places facts in their proper context. See, truth is timeless. Truth is, truth is absolute, truth is liberating. See, in the world that we live in right now, we have to be careful with all these facts floating around. See, all it's doing is causing you and I to worry. And if we're not careful, we'll follow the trail of facts at the expense of truth. And maybe that's why John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Because Jesus said, I I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says the truth, not facts, truth is what's gonna set you free. You and I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus referred to him as the spirit of truth to help us to discern what's true, Not not necessarily what's factual, what's true. Jesus died is a fact. But you and I both know we can't stop there. Death couldn't hold him down. That's truth. Amen. So what, some of you need to turn to your neighbor right now and say, do not worry. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor right now and say, do not worry. Say it like you mean it. Do not worry. Amen. Here's the last statement, and then I'm going to pray over you. God said, I will restore I will restore. See a lot of, man, I hope you get this. A lot of us feel like we've lost something because of the virus and the economy. We feel like maybe we've lost time. You feel like we've maybe lost an opportunity. We've lost money, we've lost a relationship. So what does it mean to experience restoration in light of everything that's going on right now in our world? One of my favorite attributes about God is his restorative nature. God is a restorer, but God's restoration is different than our restoration. See, when when you and I think about restoration, we we think about bringing something back to its original condition. When you and I think about restoration, we think about bringing it back to its original condition. For example, if you want to restore a car, you bring that car back to its original condition. If you want to restore a house, you bring that house back to its original condition. If you want to restore a piece of furniture, you bring that piece of furniture back to its original condition. (laughs) But when God restores things. He doesn't bring it back to its original condition. I want you to get ready to shout. When God restores things, he always restores things more than what you lost. God always restores better than what you lost. Biblical restoration is always more and better than the original, okay? I can't hear you right now, but you better be shouting. Somebody say, I will restore. I will restore. Come on. There are examples all over Scripture of God's restoration in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 22. If you if you were to steal somebody's oxen, you'd have to replace that one oxen with five oxen. If you stole one one per, uh, somebody's sheep, you'd replace that one sheep with four sheep. Think about it. Restoration: five for one, four for one. Why? Because God always restores better and more than you think about the prodigal son. Here he's lost everything. He's at one point he's even considering eating pigs food for dinner because he literally has nothing. And what does the father do? He throws a robe on him, he throws a ring on his finger, he puts shoes on his feet, he throws a party. Think about it, man. He goes from from eating from considering eating pigs food to sitting at the right hand of the father eating a roast crisp steak. Why? Because God always restores better and more than what you lost. Think about the boy with the five loaves and the the two fishes. Here the disciples come, they take his lunch. The, The boy loses the five fish, the two loaves, but what does he walk away with? 12 baskets full of fish and bread. Why? Are you getting it yet? Because God always restores better and more than what you lost. When Job, I hope you're getting this, man. When Job lost everything, the Bible says that God restored twice everything that Job lost. When the Temple of Solomon was torn down and when it was rebuilt, it was restored to twice its original size. Man, the concept of restoration in Scripture is so profound that you would actually be encouraged when you suffer loss. Why? Because that means that you could be getting back more and better what you lost. See, some of us need to stop, even start tonight. Some of us need to stop asking for the original back, and we need to start asking for God's restoration in Jesus' name. This is the last scripture, and then I'm going to pray for you. I love this scripture. It's in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. God says, I will restore, I will restore. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I will restore to you, it's personal. I love that God says, I'm gonna restore to you. I want you to take this personally. I'm gonna restore to you the years that the locust has taken from you. A locust represents a day, a time, or a season of devastation. A day, the locust represents a day, a time, or a season of devastation. What we're experiencing right now in the world is a locust. It's a, it's a time of devastation. It's a season of loss. See, some of you maybe have lost your jobs. Some of you feel like maybe you're, you're, through all this, you've lost time. Some of you feel like you've lost something that you feel like you'll never get back. But God says, no, I Will restore. And you want to know what that's gonna look like when God brings that restoration to your life? Look at that last verse, verse 26. God says, You shall eat and this is what your restoration is gonna look like. He says, You're gonna eat in plenty, meaning you're taking back what you once had. Somebody say, I'm taking it back. Say, I'm taking it back. You're gonna eat in plenty, and then guess what? He says, and you're gonna be satisfied. Satisfied literally means here that you're gonna be filled. Another translation literally says, you'll have too much. Come on, man, this is God's restoration. He'll take you from a place of locusts to a place of satisfaction. He'll take you from a place of devastation to a place of too much that is biblical restoration. Why? Because when God restores things, it's always better and more than whatever you lost. What the locust has taken from you, God says, I will restore. What the coronavirus has taken from you, God says, I will restore in Jesus' name. And so I think what God is saying to us tonight, do not worry, I will restore. Do not worry, I will restore. Father, I thank you, God, for all these precious people. God, we thank you, Lord, that your word is not bound. God, that it can reach every person that's behind that screen right now, if they're driving, if they're in their living rooms, wherever they're at. I thank you, God, that your word is living and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, that your word can meet them right where they're at and literally change whatever they're going through right now. God, I thank you, Lord, that your word is useful for our lives. And so, God, we take the words that you spoke tonight and we apply them to our lives. God, we put, we put them to good use in our lives. And, God, we declare that starting tonight, right now on this Wednesday night that we will not worry in Jesus' name. God, we don't have a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God, I thank you, Lord, that we do not have to worry, God, we thank you for the spirit of truth that's on the inside of us, God, that will help us to discern between facts and truth, God. We thank you that ultimately, at the end of the day, you are the way, the truth, and the life, God. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now, Lord, for anybody that's struggling with worry. God, I pray right now that you would give them peace, 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 I call on you, Prince of Peace, God, to to guard their hearts and protect their minds, God, right now, that, that peace would rule in their hearts, God, right now even in the midst of whatever they're facing, whatever, whatever circumstances that they might be coming up against, maybe they just got a bad report. God, I declare peace in Jesus' name. I call on you, the God of all comfort, God, to comfort them right now in their time of need. God, that even right now, as I'm saying these words, God, that they would sense your presence. God, that you would draw near to us as we draw near to you. God, I thank you, Lord. God, that you rule and you reign, that no matter what happens, you're not coming off of your throne. You are in charge. You have been given the keys of all authority. God, everything is under your control, under your lordship, under your leadership. God, I thank you, Lord. And I pray right now for maybe the moms and the dads that are wanting to keep a peace-filled, a calm home. Lord, I pray for strength for them. God, that as as we continue in our world, in the unknown, God, I pray, Lord, for strength to all the parents right now. God, that we would continue to be hope-filled, that our babies would not even know what's going on because we have a sense of peace, 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 peace. God, I pray for our economy. Lord, I pray for our presidents. God, right now, we, we lift up legislation. God, we thank you, God, that ultimately you are in control. God, ultimately you are in charge. God, we have so much peace knowing, God, that the government rests on your shoulders. God, we have so much peace knowing, God, that you're in control. You're in control. You're in control. God, I pray, Lord, over the coronavirus. God, we bind it up right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for healing. God, we thank you, Lord, that it was by your stripes that we are healed. I pray for healing over everybody that's under the sound of my voice right now. God, I thank you, Lord, for how good you are. Your word says that you are good and you do good. God, we have confidence. We have confidence knowing, Lord, of your faithfulness, Lord, when we look back on our lives, Lord, all of us can recount times where, God, where you just, you've, you've never left us where we were. God, you've always pulled through. I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. And God, no matter what happens, Lord, we are gonna always be people of faith, trusting in you. I thank you for all these amazing people. I pray, God, that you would help us, help Seven Hills Church, to continue to be a light in the midst of the darkness. God, that we would continue to be a prisoner of hope, shackled by hope in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we would continue to be that city set on a hill. God, that we would continue to be a light for our community. God, that you continue to give us influence, and as you do, God, we will prioritize you God, we will lift up the name of Jesus. God, we worship you, Lord. We magnify you, God. We bless your name, Jesus. God, maybe wherever you're at right now, lift up your hands. Lift up your holy hands. Give him him some praise. Open up your mouth. Tell him what you're thankful for. I I know there's a lot going on right now, but tell him what you're thankful for. God, I'm thankful for breath in my lungs. I thank you, God, that I'm alive. I thank you, God, that your Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. I thank you, God, that you will never leave me or forsake me. God, I thank you, Lord, for the hope that I can have right now. I thank you for peace. I thank you for the joy of my salvation. I thank you, God. Come on. Do I got anybody that's thankful tonight? Come on, lift up your voices. Tell them what you're thankful for. Hallelujah. all for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, there are just a couple next steps we'd love to highlight. First, you can subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date with brand new episodes every single week. You can even share this with a friend by clicking that share button you see right there on your screen. We'd also love to hear from you. So if you have a comment, you can visit us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Seven Hills Church. Lastly, we want to say thank you to those who give generously to this ministry. You're helping us impact thousands. You can click on the link in the episode's description to give now or visit us at sevenhillschurch.tv backslash give. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.